gather round. The fire keeps them at bay. I'm going to tell you the story about a world with monsters and horrors so grim that it would belong in any gothic tome. A world where the forests are filled with werewolves, where the cities are stocked with vampires and devils. A world where even exploring the coastal mists might make you the victim of a ghost or a placeful ghost. Where victory only means a continued struggle against the horrors of the night. A place under the watchful eye of the silver moon. A natural satellite so mysterious that it has caused those from other worlds to study it. So powerful that it controls the monster's hunts. And so strong it is considered unalterable. I am, of course, talking about the plane of Innistrad. <sighs> And what you just heard was the opening to our Innistrad block. Welcome, everyone. As always, it's Scott, a.k.a. Cyborg with my co-host. And Zach. Uh, I'm not going to put my Discord handle on the podcast <laughs> yet. Okay. Um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I definitely got some spooky vibes. And um, coincidentally, we're recording this two days before Halloween. Unplanned. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, there's not, like, we started planning this back in what july it had to have been yeah july or august yeah and i was like oh innistrad and then here we are four months two, later two, and two days before halloween yeah just the day after a full moon yeah hundreds so, moon. yeah hundreds which moon. is according to a headline i saw 10 minutes before the podcast started which is actually gonna come up in about five minutes really okay um let me get the main script all right yeah i'm uh, i'm excited for a variety of reasons today <laughs> one because i don't really have to do anything <laughs> i just kind of had to show up uh two innistrad we talked about how kamigawa was the set that just released when i started playing magic and when we started playing magic yeah innistrad was right there so they for, were releasing almost like side by side yeah and and for i've always tried to make wolf decks online and um the only thing that makes them work <laughs> the only thing that makes them viable is the automated feature of yeah. like arena and stuff yeah because trying to do the um the day night cycle without <laughs> arena automatically doing it it's just like oh my god like yeah. i forget effects playing magic already and then you add in this like oh if you play a spell it becomes day if you don't it's like oh if you it's like every two spells on your turn, it becomes night. And if you don't play a spell, it becomes day. Yeah. So. It's, it's a weird effect. And no, one, no one's keeping track of it. No, yeah. Now, before I really get into this, I just want to go over some like uh, basic seasonal and geographic information. Okay. It's not wholly important, uh, but knowledge <laughs> is good knowledge. Yeah. Um, uh, one, one thing real quick. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Uh, I, I thought this during the end. The way you say horror just sounded like horror to me. You, like <laughs> every them. time I pull out my horror deck. Your horror deck. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's because it's you're from New York, so you smash the two syllables the, together the, sometimes. It's the, the, the WH sound here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, horror. horror. <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, so yeah, it's not really important, but again, it's information to get your mind in the setting. Um, and each area is associated with a different plight of the humans in that area. So... And uh, you also have to remember that all this takes place underneath the moon, which is called the Heron. Oh, like, so the moon is always no, it just, out? It's it's so weird. There are some stories where, like, the moon is always there, and then it's daytime, but they talk about the moon. Hmm. Um, it, it seems to always be full, but at the same time, there are times when there's a new moon. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's one of... The, it's one of those like story inconsistencies just because there's like 
Kamigawa is what? How many writers? One or two? Uh, two, technically, because it's a Kemi Don Bowman and then another gentleman wrote the Chishiro story. Yeah. Um, but it's mostly a Don Bowman. There are like eight different authors for Innistrad. Oh, okay. And those are just the first three blocks. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Innistrad's yeah, yeah. got, there's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Uh, so, to get started, uh, the Innistrad only has three seasons. Okay. The first is, uh, well, they're all called Moons. So, like, Hunter's Moon, oh. stuff like that. Uh, the first is Harvest Moon, which is akin to our autumn. And the moon always appears orange or red, as if it's setting. Okay. Um, the days are a lot shorter, and during this time, large, large bonfires are set each night to help with like harvest to extend the harvest time each day like ritualistically no it's more like we need light to bring in the crops oh i see okay so they set a huge bonfire right. oh that's a, that's really cool and then on top of that they also believe that lighting these fires keeps the vampires at bay which is also believed because it's stronger at this time yeah and uh which i'm, I'm sure incorrect <laughs> uh not exactly oh does the bonfire keep the vampires at bay? it's more like hey i can see you Oh, so, yeah, yeah, to protect against threats. Yeah, right. that, that makes sense. I'm sure like old hunters used to do shit like that where it's like, uh, we got we to gotta keep working through the dark, so we're going to set a bonfire and watch out for wolves. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, hence my opening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the next season is the Hunter's Moon, and it's dead of winter. It doesn't go like autumn, what we have here where it gets rainy, and then winter. It's just winter. Like, it is just okay. cold and miserable, and it sucks. <laughs> Um, during this point of time, the sun never fully sets below the horizon, and this is when food is the most scarce for people. Hmm. So the reason it's called the hunter's mode is this is when people venture out into oh, the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no gathering, just hunting. Right. Yeah. And that's when the werewolves are strongest. So they come out and just kill people in the woods. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> if I was able to, I'd be a werewolf. Oh, 100%. Well, 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 vampire if you're immortal, werewolf if vampire is not immortal. Yes. Yep. And if you can control the transformations, Um, which we do see in this. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. Um, And this is also- I can't wait for the dang festival. I know. I haven't even gotten it. That's the third block. Oh, okay, okay. Um, And this is when werewolves are also the most strongest, too. During the hunters, man. Yes. Okay. So it's not just like, hey, we need to go out and get food. It's we have to go get out food and brave werewolves that are twice as strong as they should be. Hmm. So that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> and finally, there is no summer on Innistrad. It, that would be way too kind. This place just hates people. Yeah. Uh, they have a spring called New Moon. Okay. And it's the shortest season of them all because, of course, it is. And even with the sun uh, shining, it's still dimmer than other planes. Like, the sun could be at the apex of noon, and it's yeah. like, wow, it feels like dusk here. Yeah, okay. Um, so they're all, all always either in dark or twilight. It, pretty much. Yeah. There are, like, bright days, but it's very far yeah. and few between. It's like England. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never been. I can't speak to that. Uh, during this time, because everything is blooming, it is the time of... Considered a time of rebirth and new life. Okay. It's also considered those to be born at this time to have a better chance of entering what's known as the blessed sleep, which is their version of the like best afterlife. Oh. And it's not like heaven or anything like that. It just means you die <laughs> and no one touches your corpse. Yeah, you, you stay dead. That's you, you it. You die and then that's a, it. Yeah. Right. That's that's the best they look for here. So so this plane overall is extremely dreary, is what I'm getting. It is bloodborne. Oh. It's Bloodborne. Well, which like, is very dreary. Yeah, I mean, 
I want to play Bloodborne now. I know. <laughs> as soon as you mentioned, I'm like, fuck, I wish I was playing Bloodborne. Reading this, I'm like, oh, I really want to boot up some Bloodborne right now. Damn it. Um, so I, as we discussed in the first episode, each plane is very different. Yep, yep. Uh, and like I said, like this, the geography of this place is really weird because they refer to Innistrad as the plane and the continent. But they also kind of allude that there's other places that they trade with on the plane because hmm. there are port cities. Yeah. Um, the center of the continent is the province of Stenza. It's a huge collection of mountain ranges that basically just cut the land in half. Okay. And it's also the birthplace of their vampires and their main hunting grounds. Oh, they come from the mountains. Yeah. From the mountains of madness. I was, I was trying to think of more from Lovecraft. Cthulhu, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, then, I, like I said that, and I'm like, I got nothing on the follow-up yeah. <laughs> here. Uh, the main... Uh, I keep saying, uh, the main stretch is the Geyer Reach. The, the, the Geyer? Geiger. 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 Okay. G-E-I-E-R. Uh, gear? Maybe? Geyer? Geyer? Gear? Yeah. yeah. Your guess is good Gear as sounds actually pretty right. Um, and that range is so high, the tops of the mountains have never been explored, and they're always above the clouds. But there's rumors of like dragons and even worse horrors just sitting up there. Well, yeah, because it's unexplored, so of course yeah. there's going to be rumors about what's there. And no but, one's, who's going to be stupid enough to climb the mountain? Well, uh, to be honest with you, that's like the most unbelievable part about the story of vampires and werewolves. Is it is dragons? That, no, is that nobody's going to climb that fucking mountain? Like we see it in real life. Like people go to like they're like I'm going to climb Everest. Kilimanjaro. I wonder yeah. what's up there. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going up there, and I'll plant like I'll be one of seven thousand people to plant a flag on it. You know, like <laughs> so like that's the most unbelievable part that nobody fucking bothered to go up there. Exactly. Uh, also, you have to remember that <coughs> this area is full of vampires. Yeah. So yeah, just I, even I trying to get to the mountains. Yeah. It, you're mm. a snack. There's, there's a, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, My cat's glaring at you. She thought it was funny. I can see her smiling from here. <laughs> um, in this area, the humans live between the valleys in each mountain. And the few valleys where they don't live are just swamps. Yeah. Um, there are two main families that control this area, two vampire families. The it, the main is the Falkenreth vampires, and they're known for their mastery of flight. They control what's known as Getander Pass, which is in the east. And in the west, there's the Voldaren vampires. Um, they're known for their ability to change their shape. Oh. Uh, so they can turn into like... Bats, rats, anything that ends in an AT. Bat, rat, cat, that sort of stuff. <laughs> Bat, rat, cat, that dude named Matt. <laughs> and they watch over the Xyle Pass, which is the only access to the sea in the Providence. Okay, so the humans in this valley, do they get along with the vampires? Or no, are they like they're fodder? Prey. They're, they're a prey. Okay. Uh, but like, are they like subservient to them? Or are they just like... They're just living in constant fear. That's Why would you live in these fucking mountains? They can't get out. Oh, because the vampires control the past. Right. That's a bitch. Yeah. So, they're, so they're, there's they're, multiple towns. It's not like one city is just uh, being like fed upon constantly. But yeah. It, yeah. Well, I picture these towns are always like small villages. Um, not very populated. Yeah. It, it's <clears throat> because, you know, a couple hundred people at most. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to build up a, a city presence when you have vampires snacking on your population every other day. <laughs> we'll actually touch off on the Voldarens more later. And they are super sadistic. The, and the Voldarens are the uh, they control changeling the, vampires. Right. Okay. Yep. It's weird, though. Like, they're known for their ability to shape change, but every single one of them we see in the story uses flight. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I'm guessing because the cards are probably changelings. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, now to the southeast of there is Nefalia. This is the port of the plane, and it's also the main melting pot. So like you'll have vampires, ghosts, everyone living there, and they kind of stay out of each other's business. Really? Because the vampires don't want to draw attention on themselves to the point they even use the illusion magic to hide themselves. And this is where all like the backdoor shady dealings go on. Mm -hmm. So it's like any shabby port town in any mythological setting. I've got a pretty clear picture in my head of a dreary, foggy port town. What's really, really cool about this place, though, is... Again, like no one's really fighting each other. And even the ghosts here are more mischievous than like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so they'll just like knock shit over. They're like poltergeists. Yeah, they're like that teleporting ghost from our Kamigawa episode. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, you can't find your keys? Teleporter. <laughs> That'd just be mean. Uh, the shoreline, which is the only mention of a shoreline we get in the entire series, yeah. is actually filled with silver sand. So like, cool. I know, but you can't go out there because when the fog rolls in, the ghosts in the fog will kill you and turn you into a ghost. Hmm. So I can think of worse fates. Right, then. To be fair, true. <laughs> uh, the ghost actually, the mist, sorry, is called the Nebelgast. Nebel? N-E-B-E-L? N-E-B-E-L. Yeah, like rebel, but with an N. Um, it also it brings in the ghosts from shipwrecks, and that's how they like kill everyone. This is also where the main church trains their priests <clears throat> called Cathars. So, like, anytime you hear some, a Cathar, which do come up a lot, yeah. they're the main, like, soldier force, but they're also, like, they're warrior priests. Okay. Uh, and finally, we have Kessing, which is a huge forest area. It's surrounded uh, by... Hey, is there an end? Is it Kessig? Kessig. Kessig. Yeah, okay. I was about to K- say, because I've seen, like, there's a card that's, like, the Kessig something or other yeah. uh, that I'm thinking of. It's a huge forest area. It's surrounded by something called the Ulvenwald, which is this huge forest, which is pockets of towns in it. And it's perpetually autumn. Oh, okay. Which I think is actually... I'd like, be pretty okay with that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in upstate New York, so for me, like, cold, like, it's 45 today, and I'm happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is where werewolves are the most active, though. So, like, while the other places are dealing with ghosts or vampires... They're straight up dealing with um, legitimately uh, just werewolf attacks every day. Oh. Um, there is actually one more Yeah, you said um, Autumn was the one where the werewolves are the strongest, That's right? winter. Oh, winter. Okay. And okay. That, that doesn't depend on the season. That depends on the phase of the moon. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right, that's why I made sure to break up geography and season information okay there is one providence i'm sorry i did skip over it um it's actually one of the more important ones the people from that providence are writing letters right now yeah <laughs> um gavnoi and what did it, you just call me exactly <laughs> it's the main human controlled providence it's where okay. the main church is there is a giant walled city run by the church of avison which we'll get to yeah the city is called thraben Okay. Uh, it's spelled out, and I put it into Google Translate to make sure I wasn't making up something in my head. It's spelled T H R A B E N, and if you pronounce it like that, it comes out as Throbin. <laughs> so I'm gonna call it Throbin. Yeah. Um, as a man, as a man who turns thirty in three days, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm calling it Throbin. <laughs> this is the where the Church of Avicen is based. It's headed by the Lunarch Machias. Uh, they call him the host of the 
of the church. Yeah. I couldn't figure out what that means. What I think it means based on the other readings is yeah. it's the main power behind the angel. So, like, it's the main human force backing them up. Okay. Uh, this place, even though it's really safe for humans, isn't actually safe. Well, yeah, it sounds like because you're in the middle of a fucking war zone, essentially. This is central to, like, the other three provinces. It also has access to the sea. But while it is safe for humans and while they can find some serenity here. Yeah. It's also full of, like, demonic cults. Yeah, headed by demon lords and there are things called well, I want to make sure scab stitchers and what they do is they take dead bodies stitch them together make amalgams and nope. then revive them nah, so I don't like that at all <laughs> that that's what we're dealing with here yeah so um, <laughs> even your safe haven if you're a human still kind of you're gonna deal with cults and zombies yeah. like, and demons like dead. awesome uh, like, like I just picture like fucking like rolling a dice where it's like, okay, do I want vampires, werewolves, cults, or demons, or zombies? Right. And, <laughs> and you, it's like no, no option is good. You do not have a choice here. Yeah. Innistrad sounds like hell on earth. That's pretty much the main geographical information. Now we can actually get yep. into the story. Hell yeah. And to discuss. I'm this sorry. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know the name for hell in Innistrad. I really wish I knew. Uh, oh. Because it's the blessed. I'm guessing the disturbed sleep. Oh, that's a fucking. That's a sweet name. That's what I'm going to call it. That works uh, for me. <laughs> uh, if you're going to talk about the history of this plane, you have to talk about Soren Markov. Oh yeah, this, uh, this is what this is the good stuff. I've been waiting to get into Soren. This guy is amazing. He looks like a mix from Alucard from the Castlevania anime. And <laughs> you cheeky dick waffle. <laughs> not hit, not that Alucard. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. From Castlevania. Oh, okay, not, I'm sorry. I, I, my brain immediately like Alucard and then it auto-filled <laughs> yep. to Helsing Abridged. Mixed with Geralt from The Witcher. Okay. Uh, he's approximately at this time, uh, time present day magic, 7,000 years old. Um, Innistrad uh, takes place before or after Zendikar. Do you know? During. During? They run parallel. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, the I'm... main, the first block that we get to, um, takes place right towards the tail end of Zendikar, and then okay. after Zendikar, the second block st starts. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because um, I'm reading uh, the Zendikar book to prepare for our Zendikar episode, right? And Soren shows up, um, so I just wanted to kind of in my head figure out where that fits. This he's probably one of my favorite planeswalkers ever. Uh, really? just for like how amazing he is. I don't know, man. Well, at least in the book, and I'm sure you'll get into this, but in the book that I'm reading, he is like the most arrogant piece of shit ever. Oh, he is 100%. Oh, great. I'm not going to okay. deny that. All right, so but <laughs> he's on his home turf now and you see why he's allowed to be arrogant. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like 7,000 years ago, Soren's grandfather, Edgar Markov, uh, became the first vampire. What had happened is there's this huge famine that's killing everyone on the plane. There's literally not enough food to go around. So Edgar was messing around with alchemic arts and to find a solution, he starts working with a demon lord, uh, Slengar, Slenganar. And it's literally, he's like literally whispering in his ear, like, all right, this is what you got to do. Mm -hmm. Like save everyone. Uh, Which it probably doesn't go well if you're getting it's a little demon on his shoulder yeah right. like that's so, not good yeah there's nothing good happening out of this <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets to the point where 
he ends up kidnapping one of the archangels of Innistrad, Mercuris. Uh, These names are so weird. Yeah. And with uh, the demon guiding him, Edgar turns to blood magic, draining the blood from the archangel and feeding on it. Ooh. Uh, this act transforms him and his family into vampires. Yeah, because it's like a, a blasphemy, right? Right. It's yeah. it, every, blasphemy, heresy, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and then the vampire is essentially a curse. Exactly. From, from this act. Okay, yeah. Uh, the shock of the transformation after he forces Soren to drink the blood actually ignites Soren's spark. Oh, good. And it just hurls him away from the Innistrad. Do we know where he goes? <clears throat> no. Okay. <laughs> He's just gone for like thousands of years. Hmm. Um... And despite the apparent loss of his grandson, uh, this is one of the puns they put in here. The experiment was a success. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Come on, man. I have like so uh, many of those. That's, that's fine. No, it's it, like a good pun should make everybody in the room cringe. Right, yeah. So good work. And so like he, he's like, yeah, everything's successful. We created these vampires. And now with the vampires on the top of the food chain feeding on the humans, yeah. it lessens the famine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's less, less mouths to feed, yeah, right. technically. Um, it gets to the point where Soren comes back and he realizes that, and this is like a thousand years later, that given enough time, the vampires will eventually kill all the humans. Yeah. They're two efficient killers. There's nothing to hold them back. Yeah. Um, Well, he's gone. While Soren's gone, Edgar goes into like sleep, like he just like peace. I'm gonna nap for like four thousand years, huh. and yeah, he well, does sleep in a coffin in case you're well, wondering. My son's gone, so I guess I'm gonna go take a nap. Like he goes and sits in a coffin and just lays down for every every five hundred years for like, and then wakes up for like a day. God, that sounds so wonderful. Right I now. know. <laughs> I'm uh, drinking this coffee and I am I am ready for bed. <laughs> and. All he does is like get up from time to time and like while he's asleep, Soren like brings him books on what's happening. He gets up, reads the books, talks to Soren, and then goes back to bed. Does Soren write these books? No, just like stuff he collects. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, because remember, thousands of years happening. That's thousands of years that someone's chronicling, and he's just like, here, here you go, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you wake you've woken up for one day, read 50 books, and then you go back to sleep for 500 more years. Right. <laughs> Eventually, during one of his times back. Soren is greeted by another new planeswalker, uh, Nahari. No. <laughs> She's a core from KOR from Zendikar. And it, she's a lithomancer where she can move and manipulate metal and rock. Okay. Uh, she can actually like heat it up so it's like lava and use that. She can shape it into blades. Uh, uh, what is her name again? Nahari. Nahari? I just want to see if I have her in my Planeswalker deck. <laughs> uh, I don't think you do. If you do, you might have her from the later editions. But um, um, no, I think I do actually. Really? I just, I'd never played her, but I, I think I have like Nahari the like Unmaker or something like that. Probably. <clears throat> oh yeah, Nahari the Harbinger is the card of the Planeswalker. That's deck. actually from what happens later on in Innistrad. Oh cool! All right. So she comes back and. Soren comes back, finds this planeswalker, and he mentors her. They kind of take on like a halfway between a father-daughter and teacher and student relationship. It's very tense, but he teaches her how to planeswalk, and Soren, watching her, learns how to use lithomancy too. Okay. So he learns how to manipulate mana in the same way to, to move to, rock. To, that's cool. Okay. Um, 
takes her under his cloak in a way. Told you, there's so many vampire puns. Um, I'm gonna have to. Well, I'm gonna have to edit out my reaction because it just blew my nose right into the microphone. But for those who are listening, I scoffed in horror. Uh, in horror, horror, <laughs> horror. I, eventually, the two of them are joined by Ujin the Dragon. Okay, who again is one of these ancient planeswalkers, like. He is one of, like, the first ten dragons in existence. Yeah. Like, he is old. Okay. He's, um... Nico Bolas' twin brother, actually. Oh, good. Yeah. So they travel together for something. I don't know why they're together, but they come across a plane where the Eldrazi are destroying it. That would be be Zendikar. No. No. Another one that's already, like, dead. Oh, okay. Okay. Like the Eldrazi have won. Yeah, they're finishing their task and they come across this plane. Okay, okay. So the three of them decide that, like, we can't let these things just do whatever they want. They'll destroy plane after plane. Yeah. In response, uh, they decide to seal the Titans on Zendikar because something about the mana there attracts them. Yeah. Well, it's like, cause Zendikar is, um, this, I can, I can fill in some gaps here. Zendikar is as a plane, um, extremely mana rich yeah. to the point where the planet like they have what they call royals which is essentially like mana shifting in the plane from my understanding i'm still reading the book so you know i'm going off what i got but um you know so it's it's similar to an earthquake but it also like causes like chunks of land to shoot up into the sky and sometimes they just fucking stay there yeah i mean <laughs> you know so like the, the mana on zendikar is extremely potent uh which is why nissa is so effective because she is an expert at manipulating this mana exactly so they lure them to zendikar and to hold them off ujin is using his unique ability which is called ghost flame okay which is a colorless fire that burns anything it touches oh man i know so (laughs) cool um well that's going on soren's using his blood magic i'm just trying to picture a colorless fire like invisible fire (laughs) oh it's invisible it's literally invisible oh ujin is a colorless mana creature well yeah but i mean it wouldn't be invisible it'd just be gray wouldn't it Mm -hmm. it's literally invisible (laughs) oh okay uh, Soren is <laughs> so the writers didn't have to f- describe Ghostfire right, because just, it doesn't visible. It's not visible. I have his card and it it's like a teal color almost. Yeah, but like when you read about it, it's it's always described as like invisible or colorless yeah. or something. Well, not not to make another Lovecraft reference, but it was the same thing where like the, the reason why Lovecraft always didn't describe the monsters because your is, mind could your mind's gonna, yeah, your mind's gonna make it scarier to you personally. So that's, that's why, why everything he's never show the monster. Yeah, well, and then when they do, like in um, the, uh, the the Babadook, or the Babadook, where it's just like, it looks super creepy, then it's just like, no, it's just a guy in a hat. It's literally a guy in a hat. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, as Ujin's burning them, Soren's using his blood magic to, like, rip them apart. Uh, Nahari is actually using the plane's own ley lines of mana to create a giant circuit to mm. power prison. This is on Zendikar. This is on Zendikar. Yeah. And yeah, this, this part I actually do know. But, right. Yeah. But our listeners don't. Yeah, exactly. Keep going. Um, I'll, I'll jump in if I have any new information, too. She's making these huge uh, octahedrons, which are these, like, eight-sided diamond floating crystals almost made of stone. Okay. And they channel the magic, the, the mana. She makes those? Yeah. She's <clears throat> constructing them as they're fighting the Eldrazi. Interesting, because because they're present on the planet already. At least they in the are story. natural there, but she's like moving <clears throat> oh, them, making oh, more. Okay, and, yeah. and forming the circuit. Okay, yeah. I understand. 
because it's all to redirect the ley lines. Yeah, yeah. So they eventually get them into the this prison. Never really describe it. It's just known as like a prison. Yeah. And they lock it, so the only way to open it is with. Oh, I just, so this is the first time. Soren this is the goes first to, time. Yeah, this is the first time Zorn uh, Soren goes to Zendikar. Okay. Yeah, you're reading about the second time. I'm reading about the second time. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Cool. Because because it's there's references to it where he's like, he shows up and uh, he's with like, like Nissa and all that. Well, he just yeah. like he shows up to Nissa and he's like, I'm lost, or <laughs> you know, and she's like, what? Like you know, you seem to know this plane, but how are you lost? Like, well, let's it, see. It's been several thousand years. Yeah, the Royals yeah. have messed it up. Yeah. And vampire which was visited a lot of planes yeah uh, listen ladies that the car means for you for me for you this is the end of your plane for me it's tuesday <laughs> and like i i want to call him out on that but that is entirely fair for soren yeah well, like that's that, what he does i mean i'm almost 30 and already the days like pass in the blink of an eye if you're seven thousand, i can't imagine like a day to you must be a minute he's seven thousand years old he can go anywhere he wants anytime he wants he is the master of his home plane, and he is still one of the most powerful planeswalkers to exist. Yep. This man has no, it fears nothing. He just gets turned around sometimes. Uh, and occasionally, at least on his second return to Zendikar, gets beaten by a giant and like knocked unconscious immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Which it, it's it's funny. Well, I mean, we'll cover it obviously yeah. when you get to Zendikar, but <clears throat> it's just funny how he's like an immortal, timeless, super powerful vampire, and then occasionally he just gets his ass beat and he falls unconscious. I love that. <laughs> Which is a leg. Okay. We, we actually see later on. Oh, perfect. Okay. But he does it to himself <clears throat> fucking so they they get him into this prison they lock it the only way to open it is ujin's ghost fire present with the three sparks of three planeswalkers the only way to i'm sorry the only way to lock the, the prison lock it or unlock it. okay okay so you can't oh you can have three planeswalkers but unless you have ujin's ghost fire you can't get in there oh so it is a perfect seal yeah and, having and, air and quotes on perfect this is everyone. also explaining so much about um his encounters when he goes to Zendikar the second time he kind of figures out that this is a planeswalker pretty immediately and then he's like mm, come with me you'll be useful yeah and, and that's why because he needs three planeswalkers exactly right? perfect okay wow this is this this is already like enriching the book that I'm reading because it's covering like all the backstories see this is fun. why I want to do Indistract because it touches off on so much stuff um, so they lock him away everything's good uh, I just want to do a touch off on Ujin one last time yeah yeah what I really like about his, him is, like I said, he's the twin of Nico Bolas. Uh, he's actually one of the smaller primordial dragons. Okay. Uh, but they did everything in sync. So, like, they hatched at the same time. They walked for the first times at the same time. They spoke for the first Ujin words. and Nico, Nico Bolas. Okay. Uh, but eventually, there is something that separates them, like their paths. I think Ujin was more intent on studying. Nico Bolas is more intent on acting. Yeah. And that's what led to the divide. Uh, but they are actually the direct spawn of the Ur Dragon, which okay. is the first dragon ever. Like, okay. that's their mom. <laughs> but what was he dragging? That's the real question. Don't start with that. <laughs> um, real quick, uh, is this a good spot to like take two minutes? Um, <clears throat> I was. Uh, I keep having this thought because of your cat. Uh, I'm gonna change the podcast like blurb to, to include her as a co-host oh please do so it's gonna be scott zach and scott's cat french toast <laughs> discuss magic the gathering um i love it as soon as you said that she walked away yeah of course but well you know her job is to be cute she she accused she like, not accused it she did it already um uh so after they see him away soren does what he does which is f around for several thousand years yeah um so one of his return steps one of his return trips 
back to Innistrad is when he has that revelation that like the humans aren't going to last. This is not okay. Oh yeah. It's been several thousand years and their numbers are dwindling fast. We got to put a, a sustainability plan in action because humans are now endangered. Right. So, and, well, yeah. Cause I guess, um, I, I mean, I don't know if you touch on this, but like, so what happened? Like, what would happen if they got all the humans and they just died? They, they, then the vampires are just dead, right? That's what I was getting to. They <clears> realize <throat> they'll start cannibalizing themselves. Mm, okay. Because they'll just, they'll go into a blood frenzy and just killing each other for food. Yeah. Can vampires feed on other vampires in Magic the Gathering? Apparently they can in Innistrad. Okay. Well, it makes sense. Innistrad's a hell hole. <laughs> so, of course, vampires can eat other vampires. It's a 17th century hell hole. That's the <laughs> toast. Oh, no, she's walking away. <laughs> Uh, so he comes back he has this revelation like humans are going to die out then the vampires are going to kill each other and then it's a dead plane there's no one left the werewolves they'll eat the werewolves the werewolves are human during not the full moon oh yeah so uh, there are ways to do what he does on other planes that are explained better Mm. but it's not a touch off on it all on Innistrad all we know is it's a collection of spells (laughs) That Soren cast to actually create an archangel. Okay. Um, named Avacyn. Avacyn with a V. A V A C Y N. Okay. She's the background for the pod for the uh, tablet I have. Uh, A V Avacyn. I, I just want to look it up. <clears throat> Angel of Hope. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's fucking rad. I know. She's like a goth angel, which is not a thing. I know. <laughs> it's not a thing you see very often. She's also, quote unquote, according to Nahari, made in Soren's image with like the high cheekbones yeah. and like the dark eyes. Um, yeah, there's, there's a passing resemblance here. So this all takes place like 4,000 years before present day. Yeah. And this actually creates such a toll on Soren, it like knocks him out. Yeah, I would, I would for imagine. For a long time. Uh, um, real quick, I just want to read the um, flavor text from the card. Uh, yeah. Just because I got it, it yeah. looks cool. A, a golden helix streaks skyward from the fucking my nose. Sorry. <clears throat> a golden helix streak. <clears throat> Maybe I shouldn't do this today. My nose is so stuffed up from this fucking weather. I like it's a nightmare. <laughs> a golden helix streaks skyward from the Hellevault. A thunderous explosion shattered the silver monolith, and Avison emerged free from her prison at last. So fucking awesome. So he creates her and there's no information about him for like the next thousand or so years. So it seems the strain of it left him powerless and like half dead slump somewhere. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to table him or should I say cough at him for now? <laughs> we'll come back later. Told you I have a lot of these puns. Yep. Uh, moving over now, we get the Angels of Innistrad, which is the main driving force of the ne- of the first arc. Okay. Um, and they come in four flocks called Flights. So, oh, flocks, like bird flocks. Right. <clears throat> okay. The first one is the flight of Gold Knight. They are associated with the sun and the Feast of Gold Knight during the Harvest Moon, which is when the sun doesn't set for two days and they have this like big party. Hmm. A festival, one could say. Right. <laughs> it, it's not that festival. <laughs> I really want to know. I've got so many episodes to I've do. I've gotten <laughs> teasers like reading a far ahead, but uh, they also oversee the training of the Cathars for their priesthood. So they like train him to fight. Uh, and the Cathars were a class? They are a they're humans that are trained as warrior priests. Okay, okay. And the founding of the creation of Avicen and like her presence, because she's so powerful, shifts all of the political and sociopower towards 
the Church of Avicen. The second flight is the Flight of Alabaster, mm-hmm. which is led by Bruna. They are associated with the Hunter's Moon and the Blessed Sleep. Oh, Bruna, you have that card. I do. <laughs> I have a version of her. Mm. Um, and they create and maintain wards that protect cities and holy sites. Okay. And these wards also are meant to protect the desecration of the dead. So it's basically like putting a cross on a mausoleum. Like, oh, they're safe now. We've done it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, together. Um, <laughs> With the power of friendship, we will fight off the demons. Pretty much. <laughs> the third flight is... Ooh, sorry. My script is messing with me. Uh, the fir- third flight is the flight of the Hurons. They are associated with the new moon, rebirth, purity, and birth. Uh, and they maintain the magical wards that protect humans in life, which is inverse to Bruno. Okay. The final one, and sadly my favorite flight out of all four, Uh-oh. is the Flight of Dusk. Okay. They were led by Lissa. And Lissa? What, Lissa. Okay. What I really like about her is she was not the typical angel. Like, all of them are very, you know, white, pure, mm. all that. She had, like, brown hawk wings. She wore full armor. She just looked like a badass. Awesome. Um, need Lissa? Can you spell that? Yeah. L-I-E-S-A. Lysa. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking it up here. Um, for those listening, the uh, card is uh, Lysa, Shroud of Dusk from Commander's Le- Commander Legends. Oh, my God. She's so fucking rad. <laughs> I told you. Uh, and her wings are huge, too. They're all like that. All the angels in Innistrad are massive. Oh, okay. Um, well, like, look at Avacyn. I mean. Oh. This card's actually really good. Because <laughs> uh, she doesn't get commander attacks. She can just pay life instead. Yeah. And with, like, an angel deck, like, life is basically candy. You know, you get oh, so you much saw that last night. Oh, my God. I had to kill you with commander damage <laughs> just to get past your fucking 80, 80 health. Unfortunately, Lysa did some stuff that branded her as heretic by the church and Avacyn herself. Ooh, um, you're gonna get into I'm it. gonna oh, get okay, into it right okay. so we don't know what their flight warded against or warded or warded for um, what we do know is that they did associate with monsters and demons and the reasoning why is Lysa basically was like listen if we get chummy with them we can get some information mm-hmm. and figure out how to better do our jobs with the demons with the demons the monsters all of them okay so like I can easily imagine like one of her angels going to a bar and, and be like Listen, I'm looking for some werewolves. <laughs> well, I need a little info. So they were like the underhanded yeah. flight. Well, um, I mean, it makes sense, but I also see like immediately why she would be branded a heretic. It if, gets worse. Oh, good. Okay. And what ends up happening, what's actually brands her and costs her her life is she makes a deal with a demon lord. Ooh. She binds herself to him. Oh, um, immediately, Avison goes, no, we can't do that. Yeah, we can't be making angel demon babies. And well... The other three angels don't participate. Avison wipes out the entire flock by herself. Really? Like, at once. Like, just wipes all of them out. Um, She's not gone, though. And we'll see her much oh, yeah, later. She made a deal with the Demon Lord. Right. Who's the Demon Lord? Uh, I don't know right now. All I know is it was a Demon Lord. Oh, okay. Um, and finally, we're going to get back to Avison. And like I said, I mentioned her a few times. And while all the other ones are uh, associated with the season, she's actually associated with the moon itself. Avison. Yes. Okay. So while the, like we had the 
the one of us associated with sun warding stuff like that monsters she's the moon hmm. um and while she wasn't a natural angel which means the other angels couldn't sense her presence she was so powerful and so devout in her mission they all just fell in line behind her yeah because like <clears throat> there so there were angels prior to soren creating yes. her but he create when he created her, he was like he had he, so much juice that like the other angels was just like, yep, like you're, you're she's our... like at this stage half a step below a god. Okay, um, well she went down like a flock of them by herself. Yeah, in a night. Yeah, like for funsies, like this is not hard for her. Yeah. Um, and what's really nice about this is because they fall in line behind her, it also unifies all of them. They're still their own flights, but they they have a general to answer to now. Okay. Uh, and again, just to cut back, Sorn is still like half dead slump somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He's, been a few he, thousand he's, years. he's drunk in a ditch, <laughs> sleeping in the uh, in the barn with the pigs. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so she becomes this massive protector, protector of the plane. She's leading the angels to protect the humans. She also inspires the humans, which causes them to unify and form the Church of Avicen, which becomes not only the main religious force, but the main political force. So hmm. whatever the Pope declares, the Lunarch Machias, yeah. that's the law of the land. Okay. Um, now, this doesn't exactly bring the humans back fully. They're, don't, they're not ruling the plane anymore, but they've regained the footholds they've lost. Yeah, they're not, they're all, they're not, like, <clears throat> they're not on the verge of extinction like they were prior. Right. This doesn't tip it in their favor. It just rebalances the scales. Yep, okay. Which is exactly what Soren wanted. Because yeah. he wanted to make sure... He didn't wipe out the vampires, the werewolves weren't wiped out, nor the humans were wiped out. Yeah, he wanted just everyone's equal. Yeah, so Soren strikes me as a long game kind of dude. Uh so he he just really wanted to just restore equilibrium. Exactly. Yeah. And the vampires had tipped it way too far in their favor. Yeah. Um now creating Avison did two things. The the spell that created her did two things. It created her, obviously. But the second is he actually ripped a chunk of the moon out. Uh, the silver moon that no one thought was touchable. Mm. Like, just, nope, I need a shard of it. Bring it here. Was it made of cheese? It was made of silver. Oh. The whole moon is silver. Wild. And he brings it down <sighs> to the surface and wards it into a prison. So anything that Avison puts into it, it they can't get out. <clears throat> it's okay. 100% escapable. It's a one-way ticket, basically. Exactly. Okay. Um, it also absorbs any magic used against it. So you can't attack it with magic or anything like that. <laughs> so it's hexproof. <laughs> it, yeah. It's warded. It's hexproof, whatever you want to call it. Um, so Avison uses it over like the next thousand years. And anything she can't kill, she chucks in there. Like demons, demon lords, just seals them away. Again, tip the scales, make sure everything's good. And that actually becomes the motto of the church. Uh that which cannot be destroyed must be bound. Mm. Uh, she actually creates these collars, these glowing collars around her victims yeah. and uses that to drag them in. I'm actually not uh, totally on board with this. As a freedom-loving rebel myself, <laughs> just the idea of like, <clears throat> no, you go against what we decree, we being a big, powerful church, right? Uh, you get thrown into moon prison forever. Well, to be fair, the only one actually doing that is an archangel. Who yeah. can? Who's only going after monsters? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the church is a whole other story. Do, do we have some examples of who she's like put in this? Uh, yeah, we actually get to that. Oh, perfect. Coming. Okay, I'll let um, you go then. Now, this at prison was actually situated outside Thraben, 
right where Throbbing. it hits <laughs> right where it hits the sea. Um so like there's this cliff face with just this silver shard standing there. Is there a card that represents this? Do you know? Uh yeah, it's called a hell vault. H E L Vault. Hell Vault. Uh <clears throat> let's see. Oh. It's not pretty. It's also not as big as I was expecting. It's like several hundred feet. Yeah, but I mean, if it's like an eternal prison. Like... It's a pocket dimension. Oh, oh, yeah. It's bigger inside than outside. Yeah, okay, it's the TARDIS. Yeah. Uh, You've never seen Doctor Who? I haven't, though. No. Well, I've seen the one episode where there's a lady who's a piece of stretched skin on a... Moisturize me. Yeah, no, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we actually have a character like that in Innistrad. Great. No, we don't. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, moving forward, we actually have to leave Innistrad for this next part to make sense. Okay. Uh, so while the Eldrazi was sealed away by Ujin, Soren, and Hari, she made a pact. They all made a pact that if the prison was ever opened, Nahari <clears throat> would signal the other two. They would come back, reseal them. Yeah. Everything's good. Um, but... Soren did what he did best and just kind of fucked off. <laughs> he again, he's slumped somewhere, half dead. It, like, it, is, it is funny how so many um, magic stories involve a character just kind of fucking off for a while, right? <laughs> like Kaito just like fucks off to other planes for like six years and then. <laughs> well, he's looking him. for the water. That's to be fair, but like, no, Soren literally's like, "Oh, we sealed it, peace," and just leaves. Yeah. Like that's it. Um, we have stopped the threat, and now I'm going to go home and take a nap. I'm going to go home, create a daughter with myself. I know that sounds weird. She's going to be an angel. Don't worry about it. And then I'm going to take a nap. That's what he did. Hmm. Um, so he's... Oh, he views um, Allison... Avison. Avison as a daughter. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. He created her. Uh, yeah. He, she, he's made from a shard of his power. Yeah. Um, and Ujin is like half dead. And dead at the same time. There's a weird temporal paradox thing. Did he, um, was it due to the ceiling of the Eldrazi? No, he's in a fight with someone else. Do we know who? Um, it happened on another set, so I didn't want to research it. Oh, okay, okay. So I was like, I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, um, that's fair. After they were sealed, Sworn effed off, Ujin effed off. Which, which, which set? Just in case there's curious audience listeners. Who... I think it's Ravnica. Okay, okay. I, again, I really didn't look into it because I didn't yep. want to spoil anything for when we do another set. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, this one I have to touch on Zendikar. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so after everything's sealed and the other two are like, yeah, we're going to go over in separate ways, Nahari stays behind and she actually teaches the people about the Eldrazi. And she's like, do not open this prison for the love of God. The people on Zendikar. Right. Okay. She's like, don't open it. Don't mess with the cage. Just leave it alone. Those giant things channeling the ley lines, don't touch them. The royals are fine. They'll self-correct. Just leave them alone. So she eventually actually enters like a meditative state and seals herself in stone to like let the eons pass where she doesn't die. Yeah. Um, But during this time, the message about the Eldrazi becomes warped and twisted. Yep. And to the point that they're viewed as gods and she's their messiah. Like she's their messenger. Oh, okay. Um, gotta love organized religion. Yeah. <clears throat> this is. I mean, it sounds like well, it's just word of mouth itself is always a. <clears throat> it's a, it's a game of telephone. With yeah, religion exactly. That never goes well. Yeah. Um, after so after she goes to sleep, a group of vampires native to Zendikar, so not in a strange <clears throat> vampires, yep, yep. set up a temple over one of the ley lines that's channeling the power, yep. and through a combination of rituals. And time, they weaken the seal enough for some of the Eldrazi spawn to get out and some of their power. Mm. Uh, they're, the Titans themselves aren't free. 
but, but their minions are they're, some of their magic and is the, free. And the, if I'm recalling this correctly, the Eldrazi are like a hive mind, right? Where the titans just control the spawn. Right. So it's think of it like a beehive with three queens. Okay. But all the queens are working together. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, now they this these minions of the Eldrazi they wipe out the vampires except for the main twelve, and they become like the ruling vampire faction on. Zendikar. Okay. Uh, they're not important to the story, so I didn't, again, didn't yeah, research them. Yeah. I mean, they're very important <clears throat> to Zendikar. Well, that's the thing. I'm reading the Zendikar book now, so when we, the next set we're doing, or what'll be running, I guess, concurrently to Innistrad is going to be Zendikar. So right. we'll actually touch on the events there significantly uh, more in, in the coming episodes. <clears throat> this act actually wakes up Nahari, and I just want to take a minute and just put yourself in her shoes. Uh, you went to sleep knowing one of the greatest threats on the plane or in the multiverse was locked away. And when you wake up, your world's on fire. Hmm. They're just eating everything. Um, so she joins the resistance, fights them as best she can, locks them away again, uh, kills whatever got out, make sure everything's resealed and everything's good. And then <laughs> put a little bit of spackle here. <laughs> exactly. During this, she sends out like a magical pulse, like, hey, Ujin, Sorgen, Sorn, we need help back yeah. here. And they don't respond. Yeah, well, because they're both, at this point, half dead. Yes. Uh, one is half dead, one is dead. <laughs> but there is a temporal paradox, so yeah. we'll get to that. So again, Soren is like half dead slump somewhere. Um, I have that in my script like eight times. <laughs> um, and he does feel Nahari re-enter his plane. Okay. And it kind of rouses him enough to where he like, he gets up. Now, mm. he's been asleep for a few thousand years because of the strain of creating the art change. Mm. So he hasn't done anything. He's just been laying in a ditch somewhere. Um, laying in a basement. Well, it's, it's just funny because like the 7,000 years, he's only been alive for like a third of that. He's only been doing stuff for like 2,000 of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, which is like, okay, well, you're, so you're 7,000 years old, but you have only, you know, 2,000 years of experience. Right. Um, <laughs> so he he wakes up and he finds Zahari actually outside the Howl Vault. And she's trying to use her lithomancy to move it, alter it, and she can't. Hmm. And that's when she realizes that this thing ate the magic signal. And she's furious with Soren. Hmm. Because if this thing's eating any extra dimensional magic, they can't Send warn the, each other. Yeah, right. Um, Don't you remember our pact from 2,000 years ago, dude? Exactly. And Soren kind of like brushes it aside. He's like, well, I'm protecting my plane. Why are you upset? Yeah, of course. And he's a douche. Nahari loses <laughs> all of her chill and attacks him. Now, Soren is still depowered from creating Avacyn. He's like still half dead here. Yeah. He's still effortlessly blocking her. Like he's combating her like it's nothing. Okay. It gets to the point where Avacyn sees this happening and intervenes. And the reason why I think she intervenes is because Nahari isn't a native to Innistrad. That's the only reason. Okay, okay. So she intervenes on Soren's behalf. Just on the plane of Innistrad. Okay. She just sees someone attacked who is native to Innistrad mm. being attacked by someone who isn't. Yeah, okay. Uh, and she wipes the floor with Nahari, just destroys her yeah. and throws her in the hell vault. Oh, great. So, so. Did Soren, like, sign off on this or? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He doesn't argue with her. Um, <laughs> so just put yourself in Soren's shoes. Your adoptive daughter has been a bad girl and she's yelling at you. So you had your other daughter put her in timeout. Well, yeah, but permanent timeout. Exactly. <laughs> um, so she actually just like is locked in there for like a thousand years. Just 
locked in this pocket dimension. Just hmm. can't get out with the demons. I would be quite upset. <laughs> yeah. They describe the inside of it um, as like a black void. So hmm. she's basically floating through space. Yeah. And every once in a while, like a demon will come by and bump into her. And just like scratch her and like keep moving on. Okay. She can't control where she's going. There's nothing there. And God, what a horrible torture. It, you have to remember, like, Soren's one of these guys, like, he doesn't get upset. He has people to get upset for him. And Nahari knows that <laughs> when she's coming servant, to the plane. You get mad on my behalf. I'm it, like, go. Legitimately, he doesn't get upset during the fight. He doesn't get angry, doesn't raise his voice. He's just like, I don't know, you're like a bratty child. Why are you here yelling <clears throat> yeah. at me? And Rather than him getting angry, the angel gets angry for him and throws her into prison. Man, Soren blows. I hate him. I, <laughs> I don't like love him. his ego, though. I don't. Because <laughs> he shows up on Zendikar and he's all like, mm, yes, I'm amazing. And then like gets his ass beat a bunch of times. And he, I, I don't know. I, he's I, still drained from creating Avacyn when he goes back to Zendikar, which happens now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like. Zendikar, I'm sorry, Levon uh, Innistrad continues. Avison's still doing her thing, protecting people. The church is warding people. The angels are attacking monsters. And like I said before, the only victory on Innistrad is the continued struggle. Yeah. And Soren finally goes back to Zendikar. It's been, you know, a thousand years. Yeah. And he finds them. The Titans are completely free now. The seal has been completely broken. Yep. And he goes to find Ujin, but he's dead. But not, but not dead. really, since there's some time travel shenanigans with uh. another planeswalker that left him very weak and sealed away in his own headron, like on Zendikar. Okay. So Do we he's know like who that planeswalker is. I think it's Tari. He's the time travel guy that's buddy buddy with uh, Karn. Oh yeah, I, I oh um Tefari. 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 Yeah, I used to hate that fucker when I played um <laughs> back when I played Arena, there was a deck using Tefari where it would just negate everything you did. And I was like, oh just fucking kill me. <laughs> I I got some blue cards I'm gonna start messing with and they're all counters. Well i I'm I'm a red guy myself, but yeah. uh I've been playing a lot of blue decks recently because of the fairies that I they're got fun. for the they're well it, it could be very fun to troll your friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I was playing in a tournament, I don't think I would use anything like that. But, like, if I'm playing against you guys and you're using your Eldrazi deck, <laughs> I have no problem using the, uh, I mean, the Hallbreaker Kraken to send your shit back. Sorin <laughs> uh, uh, eventually does find Ujin locked away in this, this seal trying to recover. Because he didn't die, but he still got the crap. And, and this is when uh, Soren is traveling with Nissa. This is before this he meets Nissa. Oh, before he meets Nissa. So, okay. this is, so he goes to Zenikar, see the Eldrazi are free, and he's like, I got to go find Ujin. Mm. And goes off. Finally finds him and wakes him up. And is like, dude, we got to go back. Mm. The Eldrazi are free. We're kind of messed up here. Hey, bro, uh, wake up. The Eldrazi are free. I put the other lady in prison. And... Oh, he doesn't tell him that. <laughs> so he wakes him up. And tells him, like, hey, the Eldrazi are free. And Ujin is very polite. He's like, you know, thank you for waking him up. Mm. And he's like, go get Nahari. And Soren's just like, yeah, okay. And, like, leaves. Like, you can't <laughs> tell him. He tells him, don't show your face unless you bring Nahari back. And yeah. he can't get to Nahari. Because she is in a literal inescapable prison. Right. So I think this is when he goes back to Zendikar. Uh, to try and find another planeswalker. Okay. And that's when he bumps into Nissa. Right. Okay. Um, so as he's gra- having a grand old time, 
talking with the immortal dragon, going back to Zendikar. Avacyn was like beating the crap out of this demon lord named Grizzlebrand. And he is one of the most powerful demon lords on the plane. Yeah, the name is familiar to me he for some reason. part of Liliana Vess's storyline. Yeah, I came across it somewhere in the reading, but... He's one of those demons who, like, is present in several planes just because his influence is so high. Okay, okay. Um, So they're just beating the crap out of each other. It's like three days. They're just nonstop slamming into each other. And um, what was his name one more time? Grizzlebrand. G-R-I-S-E-L Brand. Grizzlebrand? Grizzlebrand. Sorry, I'm just Googling it. No, you're um, Grizzlebrand. Grizzlebrand, Avacyn Restored. Mm-hmm. Avacyn Restored is the set name, I think. <clears throat> okay, okay. Uh, flying lifelink, pay seven life, draw seven cards. Maze a seven, seven. Yeah, there's a lot of sevens. Um, is there a reason for that, lore-wise? <sighs> there isn't. Okay. Four would be more appropriate, but we're not going to touch off on on this. Okay, okay. Um, that's part of Liliana's thing. Yeah. Um, so the only people who are witnessing this fight are the Lunarch Machias and his like trusted bishops. <laughs> One of them is a girl known as Thalia, and she actually becomes very important later on. Uh, Thalia, T H A L I? A. A. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so Avazin realizes she can't kill this guy, she has to seal him. Using whatever strength she has left, she throws him into the hell vault. Mm. As it's closing around him, he throws a harpoon. <laughs> Hits her and pulls her in with him. Oh, nice! He roadhogs her. <laughs> yeah, he seals her in the prison with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, at this point, I'm kind of rooting for Grizzlebrand because I, I don't like Addison's yeah. actions here, and maybe there's some context I'm missing, but like, I just don't agree with the idea of like forever it, prison. Like, that's not cool. Well, they are demon lords. Their entire thing is so destruction. That's their whole thing. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, I mean, if they're looking for balance, like you need destruction and creation. The world. We'll get to the balance <laughs> okay. on what happens. Um, so they, the bishops and Micaiah see this, and he decrees that they can't tell anyone this happened. Of course. Because if word gets out that Absinthe's the, gone. Yeah, the power of our church is gone. It's too. not even that. It's mass panic. Because she's oh, the yeah. only one leading the angels, protecting everyone. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Soren comes back. <laughs> And, can't, can't wait to hear how he fucks this up. <laughs> oh, no. He actually, like, has an appropriate response now, oh, and I'm okay, so okay. happy. So he def- finds out Avacyn is missing. Again, one daughter's in timeout. The other one's just gone. So <laughs> he tears through the plane. He is just going after anyone that have might, inf- might have information. So he actually gets mad. He here. gets furious. Okay. Because he's got no one to get mad for him anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, he lost his get mad for me guy. <laughs> right. He ends up going to Thraven. And confronts Micaiah because he's the head of the church. And he doesn't tell him anything. He's like, I don't know what happened to her. I swear. Please, like, and I Machias don't. did witness this. Oh, he yeah, he watched yeah. their okay. fight. Um, because, and I just want to put yourself in his shoes right now. I think it's a very smart move. Because I don't think Soren understands the message. Don't kill the messenger. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking, like, you tell Soren that uh, you witnessed his daughter get pulled into the hell prison yeah he just killed you yeah like, he, just, like, he just eats your blood from like he just like yeah and then like darth vader grips you to explode Soren ends up leaving i don't know why he came back in the first place but he ends up leaving again hmm. um now while Soren is gone and i swear to god people only do shit when he's missing because 
they're either afraid of him or they're just like they don't want to deal with him. So like, you know, what? we'll wait till he's off the plane or half dead slump somewhere and then we'll do our evil shit. Hmm. Um, so three parties start to make their move on this plane, like really upset it. The first two are Gareth, Sincani, and Gissa Sincani, their brother and sister. Okay. And they fight like normal kids, you know, competing against each other, rivals. But they raise armies of the undead to do it for them. Oh, good. Um, the brother, Gareth, he's a stitcher, so he takes dead things and stitches them together to make don't, his zombies. Don't like that. And then Gissa just raises the dead to make armies. Somehow more acceptable in my mind. <laughs> it, it's less desecration. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Um, it gets to the point that, like, they can't stand losing to each other. So Gareth takes over a town and Gissa just, okay, and just destroys the town with her army. Like, they are that competitive. Mm. And they get to the point where Gareth realizes, like, they're going to kill each other if this goes, keeps going. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, I got a truce for you. We'll work together. Let's take over Traven. Let's just take over the city. Throbbing. Okay. Oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> um, so they amass these armies and actually assault the city. And while they're doing that, Geralt actually sneaks into the city and kills Micaias, the, the Pope, the Lunarch. Oh. Um, who, who had witnessed uh, the imprisoning of she's the Abyssin. Only, he's the only one who saw it that's still in the city. Yeah, because there was a second guy who... Uh, Thalia. Thalia, okay, yep. And... Oh, whoops, sorry. And while this is going on, the battle is still raging outside. And this this fight takes a while hmm. to the point that they actually are able to do the funeral rites for Machias and put him to, to rest. While the fight's still going right. on. Right, yeah. Because <clears throat> this is a huge walled city. Think of it like New York City, not that size, but like yeah. that, but with a giant wall around it. No, I've been watching Attack on Titan, so I'm picturing Yes, Titan. perfect example. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, no, actually, I was going to say a huge spoiler, <laughs> so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> During, after the burial, uh, Garof is still, like, messing around in the town. He's not doing anything, he's just there. But this is when we see Liliana Vess enter the plane. Okay. And she is a planeswalker that is black-aligned, but she deals in necromancy magic and healing magic. Yeah. So, what she did is, just a little bit of backstory, she wanted to see if there was a way, originally, to use black mana for healing magic. Okay. And she succeeded. Oh, She's also really egotistical. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, from what I'm coming across, everyone in Magic is egotistical. There's like, no one who's selfless. Uh, the, like, the only one I can think of offhand would be the Wanderer. But she's kind of forced to be. Yeah, and maybe maybe Chandra, from what I know, because like, she's not full of herself. She's just a hothead. Liter yeah. Literally, in most cases. Yeah, she's always on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, she just acts first without thinking. So I don't know if that's egotistical. I think she's just a... You know, I don't think there's much thought involved. <laughs> there are there are a couple of people in in a strat that we'll get to that are like that. <clears throat> okay, okay, but like none of the planeswalkers. No, <laughs> yeah. just well, if you have the power of a demigod, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, so she actually comes across Garoff and convinces him to take hit her to where Macias is buried. She raises him from the dead and using her magic because she's in control of him, gets him to tell her where Avicen is. Mm. So why does is it touched on why Liliana even cares about all this? We're getting to that. Oh, okay, okay. So the reason why is the last thing she had heard was Avison was fighting Grizzlebrand, oh. which holds one of her demonic contracts, which holds part of her soul. Okay. So she's trying to find him to kill him. 
And these demonic contracts, she formed them to get the powers that she has? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so t- he tells her what happened. And by now the siege has like died down in the city. They've kind of beaten him back. The zombies did break through the wall, but they just like, oh, you just lit them on fire and they run away. So that's what they did. Hmm. All the zombies are gone. Um, Gissa ends up getting captured. That's Garrow's sister. She was the other one leading the charge. And Liliana goes straight for the hell vault, which is that where everything's trapped. Yeah. With Micaiah's dad, the next in command is Thalia. And she has a man assembled a small battalion mm. to stand between Liliana and the hell vault. And is she because she's afraid Liliana is gonna what release the demon? You're right. Okay. So I don't know how this is possible, this next part, because the, no magic is supposed to be able to affect this. Yeah. But Liliana in cast a spell that will either kill Thalia and all of her men or destroy the Hell Vault. Mm. And Thalia... So I know how this works. It's because it doesn't target. <laughs> right. It's right. Um, it's factor fiction, but with destruction. Um, and Thalia, being the person she is, says, save my men, and it destroys the Hell Vault, which releases Thalari, Absan, all the demons... Uh, Liliana immediately tracks down Grizzlebrand after he flies off and kills him. Nice. So that's one fourth of her soul back. Um, and then she kind of like leaves the plane, but comes back later. Um, now, after she leaves, Nahari, on the other hand, she returns to Zandakar and finds it in ruins. It's It's been a thousand years that the Eldrazi have been allowed to mess yeah. around. Um so they're draining the life and mana from the plane. And she even passed through an area where they'd gone before. Mm. And everything was like calcified. There's just no mana left. Yeah. Not even the rocks can survive. They're just crumbling to dust. Yep. Um, this point, she swears vengeance not only on Soren, but all of Innistrad for doing this. There is a small silver lining to the destruction yeah. of the Hell Vault where the shards of it are actually gathered up and melted down mm. to make weapons for everyone. Oh, okay. And they're silver, so they right. would be they're good blessed, against. And they're on top of that blessed with angelic magic, mm-hmm. so they can kill things like demons that are normally immune to silver. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, um, I, I don't understand the motivation for blaming all of Innistrad, though, because they don't... Because Soren's so, main thing for like doing everything was like, I don't care about other planes as long as Innistrad is safe. Okay. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to take the one thing from you that you care uh, about. Okay, so it's it's a vengeance. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, after Avicenna 3, and this is the last part of this before we get into the actual block, Yeah. is... <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is we, all prehistory. Yeah, we haven't even started talking about the set yet. Um, after Avicenna freed, a bunch of lichens actually go to one of her shrines, and they pray to her, and they're like, listen, we don't want this anymore. Can you lift the curse? We don't want to be lichens anymore. We want to be humans. Oh, okay, okay. They want to cure for the werewolf. Right. So, Avazin tells her, like, there's nothing I can do. It's some sort of wild magic where it just randomly affects people. The, hmm. the lichen curse. Okay. And she creates a combination of spells that blanket the plane that mute the curse. And it's called, known as the curse mute. Mm-hmm. And it does a couple of things. It completely removes the symptoms for some people. So, they never transform again. They never get the hunger. Nothing. They're just human. For others, it merges the two halves into one, and they become the Wolfner. The Wolfner? Wolfner. <laughs> I know, it's a weird word. 
Uh, but they are stuck in their bestial forms, but they have their human minds, and now they're members of the Church of Abyssin. Mm. And I don't know, I'd, be, I'd have some mixed feelings on that yeah. result. <laughs> like, oh yeah, some people just know werewolf at all, and you you become a werewolf forever. Like, yeah, but you can, mm. but you still have your human mind and reasoning. Yeah, you're not just eating and killing. I guess it depends on how. Uh, never mind. I'm not gonna make that joke. <laughs> And honestly, that's where like the prehistory ends. Yep. So welcome to the first episode of Innistrad. <laughs> oh my God, so much and we haven't even started the set yet. We're not even on the first block yet. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but this has been your host, Scott, a.k.a. Cyberquart. Cyberquart uh, with... And Zach. Uh, we'll see you on the next plane, which will be still Innistrad. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yep. well. See you, everybody. Bye.